Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. This is a joyous occasion today as we are on episode number six of our series, Doomed to Repeat. And today we are going to be closing it out with this sixth episode. And I just want to remind you that uh, we've went through this process actually in reverse order. We are now when uh, the children of Israel have just recently been released and we're going to talk about that part here in a moment. But the subtitle for today is called Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. There was a game when you were growing, some of us were growing up called Follow the Leader and the responsibility was for you to, whoever was in the lead, that you followed behind that person and you did everything exactly the way that they did it. And if you didn't, then you were out or you excluded until there was only one person left behind the leader. So that was the game, follow the leader. And so you would do things like jump and jump across things and just things like that as you played this game. But I love just how the game was based on how on the scriptures that we're going to be talking about today. Our whole point today is that God is sovereign over our lives. And sovereign means he, he is the ultimate ruler. He is the king of our lives. He created us. And we didn't create ourselves. And God knows what he designed us for. He knows what he purposed us for. And he knows what direction that we should go. So God is sovereign in our lives and some of us have gotten in our minds that he's only sovereign over the big things, but God is sovereign over all things in our lives. He is the preeminence over everything in our lives. And we can have true peace when we trust that God is in charge. So God is in charge and because we trust and we have confidence that he's in charge, we can have peace. But it's when we don't think he's in charge or when we don't like the direction that he's going that we start having these complications in our lives. We're going to get into it in a little bit. We're going to be uh, jumping into it in a, in a few scriptures today. If you remember, our first episode was talking about beginnings. Our second episode was choices. Third episode is the proof is in the test. The fourth episode is decisions have results. And last week we talked about the look of love. And today we're talking about follow the leader. As I've said before, we're looking at the uh, movement for, of the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage to the promised land, but we looked at it in reverse order. So we started at them getting to the promised land and working back. So now we are at them leaving Egypt. We're going to be looking at Exodus, the 13th chapter, starting at that 17th verse. And then we're going to read a couple verses into the 14th chapter. Exodus, the 13th chapter, starting at the 17th verse. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. 
But God led the people around by way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Sekov and encamped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Exodus 14, starting at verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pihalareoth, between Magdol and the sea, in front of Baal-Zephon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue, pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Father, we thank you for your word. As we look in, in this under the... the uh, the title of Follow the Leader, we see that God was leading the people in a very specific way, even though there was a shorter way for them to get to the promised land. But he took them a very different way. And it explains some of the reason why God decided to do it that way. Number one was that if they took the shorter path, that they would have to go through the land of the Philistines. The land of the Philistines, the Philistines were a very uh, warlike people. They would have saw these approximately two million people walking through their land and they would have attacked them. And this was would be something very new to the children of Israel because they had been in bondage for all this time. They didn't know how to fight wars or battles. So God says, if that happens, then they're going to make the decision to go back into bondage in Egypt. So he says, I'm going to take them a different way so that that does not become one of the uh, issues with what's going on. He knew that going this long way would be the best for them. And. From us looking at it from the back end or from the finish, we were like, yeah, that's kind of odd that he would do that. But they didn't know exactly where they were going because they had been in bondage. So they were just kind of going along. But he just wanted, I think, I believe Moses wanted to provide that commentary to show us how God is always thinking of us and that he is always doing something for our good and his glory. And it's, I don't know about you, but sometimes when God is leading, it feels like this might, this, 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 this don't, this don't seem right. This is seems so much harder. This is the longer it, man, why can't we just do it a different way? But there's God is working something 
in us and he's working positioning things for us and that's why it is important that we trust that God is in charge because when we trust that God is in charge guess what we have we have peace because we know that everything's going to work out for our good and for his glory and that we can also know that because God can see he can see things that we cannot see he can see holes he can see ditches he can see traps he can see things that we can't see because he knows that what we need based upon the situation the other part that I wanted to bring out of this is the fact that God needed to although he had showed them he needed to re-emphasize in the people of Israel I have you you can trust me and you can rest in trusting in me so he took them in a way that kept them somewhat safe but it was long it kept them uh, away from any immediate threats so that they would not allow doubt to override them and cause them to give up <clears throat> there is a condition in some people that they cannot see certain colors. Some folks are what we call colorblind. But there's a lot of people, there's even not, not colorblind totally, but there are some people that cannot see, like uh, if red and green are together, they can't see. And so there's, you have to take, you know, go through these colorblind tests when you join the military so they can kind of figure out where you're going through. And, I, and, you know, we can also relate that that some of us, the majority of us, definitely the children of Israel, couldn't see spiritually everything that was in front of them. So they had this deficiency. But because God could see everything, he could lead them to this point whereby they would not have the adverse effect from them leaving Egypt. And so... God has all this already worked out for us. He's already maneuvering everything for us. He's already setting up things for us. And following God, we can say, I trust you. And we can see that going in this direction of trust in him causes us to trust him more as he is showing us that he has us. You see what I'm saying? You're following and you're because you're trusting. But as you start seeing things happen for your good, it increases your ability to trust. And so you continue to follow. And your ability to trust increases more because things start happening for your good and his glory. So when God asks us to do something, as our trust has increased, we don't back down or we don't give up. We say, okay, you have not done anything that caused me to give up before or to feel like you were trying to cause injury or harm to me, that you were working the thing out for my good. So I'm going to go ahead and do what 
you asked me to do. <laughs> so as we look at this situation, one of the things I want to bring out is Moses took the time to write about what about Joseph. And if you know the story of Joseph, Joseph was the son that was favored by his father. And Joseph was not liked by his brothers because Joseph told them what God was showing to Joseph about the future. And so they planned on killing Joseph, but they ended up selling him into slavery. And during the whole time, as we go into Genesis and when, as we watch Joseph, he never doubted God. He trusted God. He lived his life with integrity before God. And the next thing we know that Joseph becomes the vice Pharaoh is what I'll say. I think they called him regents at that time. Became the regent of Egypt. Which meant that he was right underneath Pharaoh. And he was responsible for all the grain and everything. And so what ended up happening, Joseph says, what you thought that you had did for my evil actually was God preparing me to be here for you so that our people can continue to be blessed. So although David, I mean, uh, Joseph went along this harsh, seemingly harsh road, in the end, it returned towards his good and it gave God glory because Pharaoh said that we should worship the God of Joseph. But then it says over time, there came a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph or his God. And then that's when they put him into captivity. <coughs> so what we realize is that Joseph knew that God was using him. He trusted that God used him. And he said, listen, I know that God is going to do something else. And when he does it, because just like he moved us to Egypt, he's going to take us from Egypt to the promised land. I want you to take my bones, the remnants of me to the promised land. And he said that the Bible, uh, uh, Moses had, had written, he said, made them solemnly promise, made them know that this is what his will was. And that's exactly what they did. So as God is having them travel this roundabout way to get to this location, it becomes kind of weird because the place that God is taking them to is kind of contained. But I also want to bring out the point in the scripture where it says that God provided them with a visual representation of his presence. He provided a pillar of cloud by day a pillar of fire by night so that they can travel. And I think of the cloud, you think of on a cloudy day, 
like this morning, it's, 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 it's a little bit cloudy, so the sun's not beaming down on top of you. So it's almost like God was providing a covering for the people as they travel by day. And at night, when there's no light, he provided uh, a, a pillar of fire, which provided light so that they could continue to travel. So God was showing that he's able to watch over them day or night, 24-7. 366, God's able to watch over them, keep them, because that is how he functions. And so, through this whole time of travel, not only is God trying to keep them from fighting these warlike Philistines, which would have been the shorter path, but he's also taking them from hearing that they're going to the promised land, processing in it, and now getting them to believe and trust in him that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. And he even told Moses that, listen, this is what's getting ready to happen. He says, Moses, this is what's getting ready to happen. Hey, y'all, this is what's getting ready to happen. You're getting ready to get over here. You're going to be by the sea. I want to have y'all pointed toward the sea and Pharaoh going to get mad and Pharaoh's coming after y'all. And I got something for Pharaoh when he does. And so we have to realize that God's timing is not our timing. We've heard the expression, he may not come when you want, but he's right on time. Some folks, uh, one person said, God is never late. He just misses a few opportunities. He just misses good opportunities to be early. <laughs> because God's timing is God's timing. And so he has them in this canyon situation where they have the direction that they traveled in. They got the Red Sea here. They got mountains over here. They got mountains on this side of them. And this is the way that they're going. And so I didn't read, read, read into it because we've already talked about this, but they got mad when they heard that the Egyptians were coming and they were like, Moses, what you brought us out here for? You just, well, there wasn't enough grave places in, in uh, Egypt. And now you brought us out here to be killed in the desert, you know, and they're doing all this complaining and stuff. But God was setting them up to show them that he has them in every situation but they couldn't see it right then but what ends up happening he used that pillar of fire and uh and a cloud that he would always be with them and that he will he used that to say all right i got you I'm going to set this up. I'm going to block them. I want y'all to go across on dry land. And these Egyptians that you see today, you'll never see them again forever. And uh, people were partying. We talked about it last Sunday. They were having this great time. They were celebrating the Lord because he had done this mighty thing. They showed that they were not ready for walking totally in faith that they still had because they just came out of bondage. They still had some pullings back toward bondage. But they just kind of went along 
then when things came up and the, and the pressure got on them, they kind of wavered a little bit. But then, remember last week we talked about turning your radio dial to that special radio station, KYMS? Keep your mouth shut. And as you, they did that, they were able to go and see the salvation of the Lord. They didn't talk against it. They didn't come against it. They still walked through it, although they were worried, but they still walked through it and walked by faith and not by what it appeared to be. And God did what he said he was going to do. And they were able to celebrate about it. And so when we look at this, we see that everything that God does is setting up our faith because without faith we cannot please God faith is simply defined as confidence that God is going to do what he said he's going to do confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do so God says I'm going to do this and as he's doing it they, oh, Lord, oh, you're going to do, this is not going to, it's not going to happen the way you say it, oh, but then it happens, and then they say, oh, I can trust him a little more, I can believe him a little more, I can have confidence in him a little more, and the process continues to go on and on and on, it increases our faith, it increases our faith, it increases our confidence that we know that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. I, I found something from Ann, Ann Graham's that I, I, I want to read to you really quickly. She says, uh, often I am asked, Ann, I have a major decision to make. How can I know if it's in God's will? She says, I usually begin by explaining that when an airplane comes in to land during the night, the controller tells the pilot to line up the runway lights. When the lights are kept in a straight line, the pilot can be assured that he is landing in the center of the runway. When you and I are making a decision in the dark, and she quotations, in the dark, we can also line up with the runway lights that assure our decision is in the center of God's will. She says, the four runway lights that I use to determine God's will in making a decision are, number one, the confirmation of God's word. Number two, my inner conviction. Number three, my practical circumstances. Number four, the counsel of godly, mature Christian friends. And so while we, we, may not, we might not get to get a visible pillar of fire leading us down the road, you know, showing us the direction that we need to go, we can be confident that God will keep his promise to us in his word that if we need wisdom about anything, we can ask and he will give it to us generously. But notice Anne did not say, I just don't do anything. She says, I, can, I consult the word of God. I speak to God in my heart and listen to the Holy Spirit. I look at my circumstances and then she brings out the fact that she gets counsel from godly, mature Christian friends. So that helps to guide her along this path. And that's why it's 
important for us to fellowship with one another, to have the body of believers that are close to us that we can counsel with, that we can say, hey, this is where I believe that God is. Will you pray with me? Will you believe God with me that I will hear his voice clearly in this direction that I need to go? That I'm not just doing it because I just want to do it because I want to be in God's total will in what I do next. And as we do that, God puts those people in our lives to give us counsel. He gives us his word. He gives us the spirit that's in us and the circumstances are, uh, are, are available for us to move in a direction that gives God glory and works out for our good. So this happens in order so that it increases our faith. It happens so that we will depend on him who has created us. It happens so that we can propel this glorious gospel to others because others are watching how we react to situations. It, by being uh, of faith, of being full of, uh, of faith in God, it causes others to watch our lives and see how God is operating in and through us. And we become those ambassadors. So as we looked at, looked at the children of Israel over these six episodes, we've seen how God has kept them. Even when they were not certain, God still kept them. And he watched over them and he kept them and he showed them and he revealed to them. But all of this was to process in order to prepare them to acquire the promise. So today, if God has given you a promise, realize that sometimes the promise, you are standing here and it looks like the promise is right here. However, it may be that the promise is here and there's a journey that you have to go through in order to get to it. However, what we may not notice is that there may be some valley that we need to go through that God's going to take us through and some hills that we might need to walk up that God's going to take us through and then we'll get to the promise. But having confidence that we are going to reach that promise because God has said it gives us the will, gives us the strength and gives us the tenacity to go down in that valley, to go up over that hill and do everything until we reach the promise. Because what God has promised for us is what God desires to give to us. And so I just want to encourage you today as we close out this, we do not want to be those people that have this fatalistic journey to not being what God has created us to be. We don't want to be on that track of doom to repeat. We don't want to be having to always be considered slacking, failing. We want to walk in the power of faith in God. As I've been saying today, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so as we walk in faith and not in sight, we are pleasing God, showing him that we have confidence in his word and that his word is true and that we are going to operate in that confidence. And that pleases God.
and opens up doors and opportunities for us. Follow the leader because he's going to lead you to victory in every aspect of your life because he's created you to be more than a conqueror, more than anything in this earth. He is going to give you victory. <laughs> if this is your first time hearing a message like this and you realize that your confidence in God is not where it should be, I want to first of all tell you that we must ensure that we have the right relationship. The right relationship is based upon us accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. And if you have not done that, then that is the first thing that you need to do. And that is a process whereby the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Then he says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And so if you have called upon the name of the Lord, if you have believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that he was crucified for your sins, God has accepted you into his family and now you have access to the next part that some of us miss out on. We have to have a relationship with God via his word, by reading the word of God, and by fellowshipping with other believers. And if you are not doing those things, then I want to encourage you to begin to do those things so that you can not walk, not... Uh, fall down feeling like God's given up on you, but that you can walk in if you fall down, if you get knocked down, whatever, you can get up saying, this is just part of the process for me to get what God has promised me. Because things are going to come. But God is able to keep us. And so if you are in either one of those categories, that you're not studying your Bible, if you're not... Uh, fellowshipping with other believers, not other people, but other believers that are there to encourage you, that are there to push you to have confidence in God, that you can counsel with and ask them about how to make decisions. I'm telling you, once you get those things in position, that you will begin to walk by faith. And by walking by faith, you will be pleasing God and he will open up doors for you. If either one of those two things fit you, either you had, did not know Christ or you were not locked into the process, I want you to let us know so that we can begin to help you and assist you in any way that we can to become more strong in this journey that we have to go on as Christians. Please contact us at info at 
GodsHouseCC.com. We will get back with you and provide you with additional instructions, encouragement, in order to assist you along this journey. Because we want God's best for you. And we want you to be victorious in all things. Well, friends, family, visitors, everyone that has joined with God's House Christian Church today, I want to thank you for doing that as we have just concluded our series, Doomed to Repeat. And we just believe that you will not be on that path, but that you will be victorious in everything. That's all we have for this week. And until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.